What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. It's been a while. It's been a very long while. And uh, we got a fun episode coming up. Got a lot of things to discuss. Um, let me turn the game down. I think I might be peaking a bit. I haven't been in this house in a while. Yep, I'm recording on Zoom. Yeah. Am I recording on Zoom? Oh, no, I'm not recording. Ah, there not we recording go. On Zoom. But we are recording on Zoom now. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so fun episode. I think we got a lot of things to discuss. The main thing, um, in case you guys don't remember, this is Jake Fine, uh, a.k.a. Taekwondo guy. If you don't know, you should probably look it up. That's a very interesting story, um, but we'll save uh, that for another uh, time. I actually changed it to Jake Fine Media the other yeah. day on Instagram. <laughs> still Taekwondo guy. Though. Still, yeah. It's like if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, we got a couple things we want to discuss, though, and we'll get going right away. Um, the main thing first, though, I just want to say shout out to our sponsors, Bow Valley Barbecue, G Fuel, of course, and our guys at DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast, for supporting the show, and keeping the, as they say, the lights on, right? I think that's what they say. Keeping my lights on. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being said, we'll jump into it. Um, so we're back now in Vegas. Well, I am at least. Jake's back in Chicago. And I actually got to have a meeting with Hunter. But before we get into that, I want to just discuss like what happened at PFL. We had a great time over there watching the fights. Um, it looks sick. Yeah, we ran into Henry Sayudo with Ali. And I'm with the boys. I'm with Ally Quinta. I'm with um, Dylan uh, Montello, the quiet man, who just won his fight at Ring of Combat, won the title in a rematch fight. Uh, Nassim. Sadikov, if you guys don't know who he is, go look him up on Dana White Contender Series. The guy's a banger. And I feel like there was one more guy I'm missing. Pumi. Pumi came through. Oh, shit. Undefeated prospect. Um, he's semi-retired right now. He's like He's got like one foot out the door, but the other one's still in the MMA world. So I'm trying to, we're trying to pull him back in. So for people who don't know, I don't know if he disclosed that or not. If, if not, my bad, Pumi. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm an idiot. My bad. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but we had a good crew. We walked in. I got to meet Flavor Flav. Uh, I met Cla uh, Clarissa Shields. I got to meet Wiz Khalifa. So it was just like an all-star weekend, man. After going from like the Islander game, um, getting to meet the owner of the Islanders, uh, which was crazy. He was a super nice dude. Just met a whole bunch of people. I met Chris Brown's bodyguard. <laughs> wow. At the Islander game, yeah. So it was just it was just a crazy weekend. I'm like, this is absolutely absurd, the type of life that I'm living. Like, just the people that... Ben Stiller, too. I'm meeting... Ben Stiller, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting okay, there. Okay, getting okay, okay. We're working our my way. My bad, my bad. You just named so many <laughs> so high-profile people, I didn't want you to forget some it's, of them. Bro, it's insane. So we go from the Islander game. Um, and first, I did, a, I did, like, a little charity thing with Madison Bear. Honestly, she's from Long Island. I don't know what she, I didn't know what she did. I had to look her up. No disrespect. She's got 33 million followers. I have barely half a million. <laughs> so clearly she's important. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's important to term or clearly she's popular. Uh, I think she did something for like Justin Bieber. I don't know if you, you were familiar with her. I, I've heard of her name. I know she's like a TikToker, right? Yeah. So that's what, <laughs> that's what my sister says. She's a TikToker. I go, that's it. And they go, oh, she actually did a song. I guess she does a lot of covers. She did one for Justin Bieber, and I guess he reposted it. And that's cool. Justin Bieber showed her some love, and she blew up, I guess, shortly after that. But the girl's got talent. She can sing, clearly. I don't know if she has any of her own songs, but that's where this, uh, this week started. We did that event. 
charity drive. So she was a big part of that, helping out, feeding some families in Long Island, which was cool. Um, so I was, I'm always going to be happy to do like charity work type of stuff. So even though I didn't know her, I didn't know what she did. It was cool to meet her. Um, she seemed like a, a genuine person, like a nice person overall, uh, short conversation, not too long. And, uh, I met a couple of like, that's where I met the owner of the Islanders. Um, we were at the Coliseum earlier that day as well. I met the owner of the Coliseum building. He said, whenever we want to come to an event or get tickets, he said, I hit him up. So I'm definitely going to be, you know, keeping in touch with a lot of these guys, you know what I mean? So we got some good connections that we're building. And that was Wednesday. And then Friday we had PFL, ran to Henry, ran into Ali. And then I go, Ali, I'm drinking, bro. I'm already two drinks in. I double fisted. Uh, <laughs> I'm on my way to my third cup right now at this point. And I see Ali and Henry and I go over. I say, Ali, brother, brother, come here. <laughs> oh, God. What do you mean it's done, bro? What do you mean it's done? <laughs> He's like, he just smiles. He does this Ali grin. And he, I think, I feel like he had like a toothpick or I don't, maybe he didn't have the toothpick. I know sometimes he'll have a toothpick. And um, yeah. he looked at me, he smiled and he goes, brother, what, what do you mean? It's done. And I go, Ali, but what do you mean? It's done. I don't understand this. I go, tell me, what do you mean? Like, show me how it's done. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I didn't talk to nobody. Wait, but you're referring to Ali saying that the Henry fight was a done deal. Yeah. Cause he manages, he manages um, Frankie Edgar, he manages Justin Gaethje, he manages um, Henry Sayudo, and a bunch of other high-profile guys. So um, yeah, probably the most it, famous manager in the game. Yeah, for not always good reasons, <laughs> you know. But it, I mean, hey, you know, he's ride or die, I guess. Yeah. When I when I saw him, I and I approached him like this, and I was like, obviously, I'm a little lit, so I'm talking my shit right now. <laughs> And uh, he was like, it's done, brother. He's like, they didn't know if you were fight. I was like, Ali, no. I'm like, there's nothing done. I was like, you you need the A side if you want to have a fight. You know, you can't just have the B side. You need the A side and the B side. I don't even know who the A side is, honestly. Like, no disrespect to Henry, but I would imagine that I would probably, at this point in both of our careers, I'm probably the A side going into this fight. Um, probably the favorite as well. Um, when this what kind of backhanded thing is that to say? <laughs> Well, A-side, some people would take that as, like, disrespect. Like, Mayweather, he's always the A-side. He's the more popular guy. He gets paid the most, you know? So that's how people kind of look at that. Like, oh, I'm the A-side. I'm the A-side. I get more money. Even though we're probably going to get paid relatively the same thing. Um, yeah. So when I told him, I was like, dude, there's no fight until I talk with these guys. And then we figure it out. I'm not being resistant on it. I'm like, dude, I'll gladly beat Henry up. You want me to beat up your boy? I'll beat up your boy, Ali. And that's what I told him, like... This this can happen anytime, any place, anywhere. It doesn't really matter. It's just not happening in Perth. <laughs> it's just not happening in Perth. And the reason why I say this though is because I still have a partial partially torn bicep tendon. Um, I have a partially torn UCL. That's gotten better, and the UCL gotten better, but the bicep tendon, the tear, has not gotten better, which is unfortunate. That is still hurting me this much. Um, thank God the fight that I had with TJ lasted as long as it did because if it went through a crazy wrestling war, could have potentially tore it in the fight and I could be on the sidelines with a win or with a loss. Even though I really think I would have smashed him regardless if he had two arms or not. Um, but I would have been on the sidelines in surgery already and on the way to recovery. So I'm just glad it didn't tear. But now is the time to like take care of it. And I got like a good month before if we do have this fight. So just breaking news, this fight is going to happen. Um, obviously, you guys saw the, the face-off with myself and Henry Sayudo. 
I have no problem fighting Henry. Never ducked anybody a day in my life. The UFC gives me the toughest competitions, and I always step up to the plate, and I always win. Um, except for that one time where I got sent to the Neptunes against Marlon Moraes. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, I, I typically win <laughs> those challenges, right? So, so wait, um, you're, so you're announcing that you are going to fight Henry next. So I'm announcing that I am going to fight Henry next. We are targeting March. Um, so I will say, Ali, brother, it's done. But it's still not done until there's ink on the paper. You know what I mean? It's, but it's done. It's done, brother. But it's, it's still kind of not done, you know. But this is the fight that's going to happen next. Uh, I like the layout. I like the matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a fun fight for the fans. And I think it will be, on paper, will be more competitive. Even though I think skill-wise, um, I think O'Malley possesses more of the threat of a fight ending KO, if that makes sense. Where, like, Henry can win the fight, but I don't think he wins by finish. I, I just can't see myself losing to Henry by finish. It's always possible, but, like, in all honesty, I just don't see how Henry can find a shot that would put me out. Unless I ran face first into his knee like I did against Marlon Marais. I, which, knock on wood, I don't think that's going to happen again. And then with, say, with uh, O'Malley, what I was saying about that, like, yeah, if I take him down, I could hump the hell out of him and then strangle him and beat the crap out of him on the floor. Like, that's... That's a gimme. I got multiple ways I can win against o- O'Malley, but O'Malley has a devastating way that he can win, which is a one-shot knockout blow, you know, or a shot that can rock me because he's the longer rangier fighter and he actually can strike and will sit down on his punches. So there's there's the danger factor there in closing the distance, and that's just being completely honest. Like, again, if I take him down, I know what I'm going to do to him. If I take down Henry, I know what I'm going to do to him. Like people don't, people can say whatever they want to say. The fights are all the same, 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 but different, bro. Same, same, but different. You know. Um, I actually just posted that today on my my IG. Same, same, okay. but different. All right. I so see. I, I like the fight. Yeah. So I did, and even with Henry, like when we did the face off, and then he started to scream, bro. I was like, come on, dude. I was like, this was cool until you did that. Why do you have to ruin the moment, bro? Why can't you just be cool and just be like? calm like do you have to scream and create a scene and make things awkward that i'm just looking at you and people are looking at you and i'm just like all right we just look like a couple of strange weirdos right now in, in this crowd <laughs> in this fighting arena right now um, yeah he knows yeah. how to make people cringe yeah i'm just like i'm looking at him like i get it now i get why they call you cringy because that <laughs> was just super unnecessary you did not have to do that my man did not have Bruh. to do that um but yeah I'm, I'm excited about it man i'm excited yeah, wow. Holy I didn't I didn't even know that fight was official. Well, as we said, it's done but it's not done, brother. <laughs> it's it's agreed, but it's agreed but it's not done. No no dotted lines have been signed. At least on exactly. your Exactly. Like contract official, but verbally agreed upon official. And that um, is kind of all the crap Henry's been doing for the past like eight months actually paid off. He's getting a title fight. Yeah, well, so here's the other part of this, and what what are we at right now in our, you know, in our Zoom call? We should just pay for the upgraded one, so we don't have to worry about time limit. Maybe I need to stop I've been being recording. A, like, I don't want to say a Jew, minutes. but is it is that like a anti-Semitism thing if I say that? I don't want to be a Jew. I'll let it and, slide. <laughs> you gotta let me know. get one racist joke off though. <laughs> I'm like I'm being cheap, you know. I don't. Is that a good thing? I'm being frugal. I'm being frugal. Let me not say cheap. Cheap sounds more. Like, ah, oh, you're a cheapskate. I'm being frugal. I don't really Maybe mind that just... one, but I think the whole, 
There's there's some stuff that's annoying, but I don't really mind that one. Yeah. I'm being smart with my money, but maybe I should spend the money and get like the premium so we could yeah. not have to end calls. For just for reference, this guy's so cheap, he signs into my WeTransfer <laughs> that I pay for. He pays me to do all his video stuff, but he signs into my WeTransfer that I pay for to send me files to edit instead Listen, of paying man, it for it himself. You got to get ahead, right? And There's he only one way to get ahead in life. Yeah, there's 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 one way. Guys, what they say? Um, Just make your videographer pay for everything. I don't I don't have a if it's free it's for me, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, all right. So, do you do you have an early prediction for you versus Henry, or do you want to even go there? Honestly, I know I started finishing him in one, which I really I realistically can't see that happening. I felt like if the TJ fight, if he actually tried to get up, obviously his arm was messed up at that point. But what I'm saying is if he was able to get up, I think he would have forced himself into a worse position, which would allow me to have finished that fight in the first round. With Henry, I think I think he might be naive enough to rush certain positions. And me saying this could just ruin that whole thought process for him and make him not do something like that. But I can see him still making a mistake and, and leaving an opportunity for me to strangle him. Uh, I don't think Henry's a guy I would punch out. I think I, he's a guy I would need to submit. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, if I punched him out, that would be fun. Um, or if I catch him coming in with him trying to close the distance, because he's going to need to close the distance. He's going to use that wide stance that he does. And I, this is just for me, right, breaking his fights down from the fights I've seen before previously. Him using that wide range, um, wide stance, trying to cover ground with those kicks. And when he cut those the kicks, he tries to crash the position, and then he'll try to mix it up and come inside and dart inside um, with the cross. But the thing is, when he does that, it'll leave him with opportunities for, or I should say, it'll leave me with opportunities to capitalize on because he's going to leave these glaring holes that I can step through and punish him severely for it. And... Uh, Again, this is two competitors. Um, I think it's going to be a high-level chess match. I'm going to look to press him, press him backwards and push him back towards the cage and close the distance. It's going to be like a cat versus a mouse. I'm going to be trying to catch the mouse. And I think once I catch the mouse, I mean, we all know what the cat does to the mouse, you know? So um, I think it's only a matter of time. As long as I'm in top shape, which I'm, I'm always in top shape, you know? So I think if I come in there ready to go five rounds hard, uh, I can steamroll him in the first round and push the pace and maybe create a situation where he'll make a mistake or finish him in the second round. So I'm, I, I think first, if I'm giving a prediction, I'm going to say second round. I think second round, and I'm going to challenge myself, I think second round TKO. I think he's going to run into something. I think he's going to try to wrestle and close the distance. Otherwise, if he doesn't close the distance, how is he going to win the fight? He's going to point fight me from the outside. He's going to throw leg kicks, throw calf kicks. Uh, I'm the longer guy. Uh, I'm harder to hit than he may think. And I think that's all going to play a big big factor in, in my favor. And I think with him being off the couch in two and a half years, I think it plays, it should be more of a beneficial thing for me. But again, he did have two and a half years of rest, not having to go through crazy surgeries the way I did in rehab and training camps. That's also a factor. So I have to look at all these things and make sure I'm properly prepared. And that's why I want to make sure I give myself enough time to heal up going into 2023 so I'm not so I'm not fighting compromise going in 
as I've done the last two fights. And even though I still won, Henry's a guy I just don't think I can take that chance with, you know, so I want to make sure I'm as prepared as possible. And I think with that being said, um, I finish him in two. Henry has said like a few times, and then like Mighty Mouse even said on the Rogan interview that like Henry's really good at picking, like finding a fighter's like glaring hole that's easy to exploit and then just like being very disciplined about exploiting it. And staying there, yeah. He said this to your face, like he knows that hole for you, but do, what do you think that is? I I really don't know. I, I don't know if he thinks I can't box, but then it's just like, you see me box with Pedro Munoz, a guy who primarily boxes. You see me box with a guy like Jimmy Rivera, a guy who primarily boxes. Um, I don't know what the hole is. I don't know if it's him thinking, oh, I need to be aggressive and stay in his face. Maybe that's what he's thinking. And like, I, I look at my fights and I try to break it down. Like, how would I beat me if this was a real, like a problem I need to solve? And I feel like to beat me, you need to try to beat me on points. I don't know if there's a way to beat me by fitness. Because I don't really put myself in situations where, um, where I'm easy to hit, if that makes sense. Except the one time I rushed the finish and... You know, I got excited and, you know, I took Marlon lightly and, you know, I paid the price for it, you know. So um, other than that, I mean, there's no other fight that I, I really lost where it was like, like I, no one has ever beaten me down. I've no, I don't have no no fights like that where it's like, oh, you got your ass kicked. No fight has happened like that. And with that being said, I, I just don't know what his logic is in this, like what's going to be the thing that he stays home with. The one thing I will say, when I fought Jan the second time, he did better at landing those leg kicks. And that's because he didn't throw as many the first time. My my game plan was throw the, the, the leg kicks against Jan because that was the easiest target I was able to hit. Even though I punched him in his face a bunch, but that was the easier target I felt like I had a lot of success with. And then I went over the top with the head kicks two times in a row. And then when I shot, he hit me with the knee. Um, and the fight was over. So with that being said, yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I think he's going to be overly confident and I think he's thinking that the same guy who showed up against TJ even though what do you get to learn from that TJ fight other than if I take you down good fucking luck <laughs> that's that's the only thing I can see that anyone could take away from that fight like even the first few exchanges um you know I I try to make it as more exciting with the stand-up and try to give him an opportunity to try to hit me and um take risks going forward pushing him backwards and uh Ultimately, he threw a strike that I was able to capitalize on and take him down. So I just don't know where Henry sees these weaknesses, you know. But it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. And again, I I evolve every single fight, so I don't think for a second, or should I say, for if for a second, if, like if he really thinks he's coming out there and fighting the same guy from the Jan fight or the same guy from the Pedro fight, it's gonna he's gonna be rudely awakened and uh, probably waking up to the, the refs looking at him and asking him if it, asking him if he's all right. Fuck. You make a good case. Should be a good fight, though. Shout out G Fuel. Use my discount code Aljo for 20% off. Fuck All yeah. day, every day, baby. Um, but that's my thought on that. Uh, that whole interaction was relatively um, strange. I like Henry, though, so people don't say, like, oh, you guys really like each other. I actually don't. I don't mind Henry. I think he's weird. I think he's a strange guy. But at the end of the day, he's respectable in the sense of his competitive pedigree and what he's actually accomplished in his career. I have no ill will against the guy. I just think he's a strange dude. I'm I'm not excited to fight him, but 
I will say I did have a meeting with Hunter and um, it went relatively well. And I will say I'm definitely happy. And it's that has that has helped me get up in the morning to say, okay, I'll get up to go fight Henry Cejudo for for this. I'll get up to go fight Henry for that. So, uh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm happy about that. And, um, so yeah, it's not signed yet, but, um, again, it's one of those things. It's not done. It's done, but it's not done, you know? So, uh, I'm happy where everything is at now. Um, at the end of the day, I'm fighting, this is prize fighting. You know, I want to fight the best guys. And that was the goal when I first started. Now the goals have changed. Now it's to make as much money as possible while still fighting the best guys and uh, submitting my name in the history books. And I think beating a guy like Henry Cejudo will add to that list. And I think I beat him. Even if it's controversial, no one can say anything. And you can't keep saying I keep getting lucky against all these top-level guys. Like, why do I just keep getting lucky? It's like the, the more I train, the harder I train, the smarter I train, the luckier I get. I don't, I don't know what to tell you guys. If I win, you know, when I win, I should say, just, just pay the respects, man. That's it. Humbly and respectfully. Put some respect on it, baby. I mean, at this point, I feel like who gives a shit what people have to say? Like, even I, like, you're just, you keep winning. You're getting bigger paychecks every fight. Your record keeps getting better. What else? Like, who cares if people never get on board? It's like. It's weird. It's, it's like just if, the, who gives a fuck? Like, honestly. Yeah. Because I, I go, like, if you think this highly of this guy, excuse me. Oh, my God. I feel like Israel Adesanya doing that. <laughs> Um, if you think this highly of these these guys, and I've now beaten, uh, let's go, Brett Johns undefeated at the time, ranked. Um, Cody Stamen, he was undefeated at the time in the UFC, ranked. Um, and his only loss before that was a split decision that arguably what I heard from other people that he should have won the fight. So should have been undefeated, um, ranked. Um, Jimmy Rivera, he was ranked in the top five. I beat him. Uh, Pedro Munoz, he was ranked in the top five. I beat him. Uh, Corey Sanhagen, he was ranked in the top five. I beat him. I beat Piotr I beat TJ Dillashaw. It's like, what else do I have? To, like, who else do I need to beat for people to go, okay, all right, maybe this guy's just that good. He is actually good. Like, if you rate these guys, these guys that I'm beating up here and then I beat them, you can't downplay that all of a sudden because you don't like me. Like, don't let your, don't let your hate for me blindside you on the facts, which is that I'm out here busting those cheeks, baby. Yeah, you got to stop talking about cheeks, bro. Pause. Pause. You got to stop. <laughs> the fans uh, love the cheeks. You got to beat Sean O'Malley to get the mainstream respect. Yeah, well, well, we also talked about that fight. And it's like, Sean is popular, but mostly popular on, like, the internet. On a casual basis, this is why people thought this fight was going to be compelling to begin with, because they feel like... Yeah, Molly's popular. He's good. Like that's a money grab fight in that in that sense. But the casuals that tune in, like the hardcore fans, they know on paper, based on what Sean O'Malley has done to date in comparison to Henry Cejudo, they feel that the Henry fight is the more compelling matchup for right now. And it does feel weird because it's like, let's let. Sean O'Malley sit out and wait so that he can get better with his grappling. By the time the summer comes around, he should be good enough to compete with Aljamain Sterling or Marab Dvalishvili or Ricky Simone or maybe Henry Cejudo. He could compete with any of those guys. We just got to give him time. That's what it feels like. I'm like, dude, if the guy wants to fight for the number one spot and gets the number one spot, he should be willing to fight. Like the UFC always says, 
This is not the place that you fight. You come here to get ready and learn. This is where you come to be ready. You be here and you fight the best guys. But somehow it just doesn't apply. And don't get me wrong. He did beat Piotr Jan and I give him that nod. But then don't also say in the same breath that he's not ready to fight the high-level grapplers in the division. Because if you're the best guy, you fight the best guys. I mean, you know what I mean? Also, you're not going to close a gap in anything in life. You can't close 10 years of experience in, in like a year. Like even if he had a whole year to just be in a jiu-jitsu mat rolling around with people, he still wouldn't close the gap with you. So it's kind of, I mean, he yeah. could get better, but. He could get, definitely get better. I don't know like how much better. 10,000 hours versus like 1,000 hours. Yeah. You know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. I mean, either way, I'm going to be excited for that fight regardless. I mean, I beat Henry, then I fight O'Malley because he gets to wait. as he He's pretty much got a bye to the finals. He got a bye all the way to the finals. He had one tough match, and now he gets to wait and sit, and then he gets to fight for the title. And here's what I think. And I don't know if the UFC actually thinks like this, but my theory is I get a harder matchup with Henry. Maybe Henry beats me. You have the two-time division champ, and now he comes back. He wins the belt. And this is playing devil's advocate because I, I always think like this. that You have to because you never know, like, what's guaranteed, right? So Henry, let's say Henry beats me. Then he gets the crazy payday, gets to go against O'Malley. And um, O'Malley gets the easier fight of the two in terms of the stylistic matchup because styles make fights. He gets to fight Henry, who is primarily a wrestler, not really a grappler in the sense of like he can finish you with submissions because I don't think he even has any type of jujitsu finishes whatsoever. He has a better chance of knocking him out, right? Versus a, a fight with me. So I think stylistically, I think O'Malley has a better chance of becoming a UFC world champion fighting Henry Sayudo and not Aljamain Sterling. I think that's the thought process. We can have our golden goose become the champ that we think he can be if we give him a more favorable matchup. What better way to do that than to have the wrestler fight the other high-level wrestler and potentially lose? And I'm not saying this is what they think, but at the same time, this is what I think the thought process is. Because if not, then it's like, why not just have me wait to fight Sean in, in July, you know? If that's not what they think, then why not just do that? And I did bring this up as well. And again, we, we just know the gap. But I don't think the gap closes is going to be different between me fighting somebody and just waiting. I don't think there's a difference in that. So I think that this is what I just think. I just think that's what the, the thought process is. I mean, look at it as you get to beat Henry, become an even bigger star, and then you get to fight O'Malley for the big payday. And 100%. then beat his ass, and then you're the golden goose. That's that's so. the other way to look at it. And they, they did bring that to my attention as well in the sense of like having the fans become more supportive if I beat a guy like that in terms of the casuals and in terms of the hardcore fan base. So... I get a little bit of a double dip there. And for me, it's it's a fun legacy fight, man. I always said I want to fight the best guys. Um, and when I first got into the UFC, I wanted to fight the best guys for peanuts. I didn't even realize. And I even told I told Hunter to his face. It's like, dude, when I did this sport, I, I didn't realize it was a business. I got in here to just fight, make a couple of dollars here and there. I was winning fights. I was going to strip clubs after fighting <laughs> and I was just having a good time. I was like, this, I was like, this is amazing. This is way better than wrestling. I could beat somebody up, choke them out, not get banged up too much and make money while doing this. This is, this is great. Where's, where's the loss in this? And then when I start to get hurt, get injuries and then I tweaked my neck, I tweaked it in college. And then as my neck got worse and then I did my first press conference and we stayed after the fight for so long and I go, 
huh, this is this is a business. This is not what I thought it was. This is actually about the 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 theatrics a little bit, the performance in the fight, and then self-promotion afterwards and then how do you get to the next level in your career the next height how do you become someone that can bring more eyeballs and then you start to realize it's not about just just fighting it's bigger than that there's so much that goes into this and i told him i was like dude i don't know if uh if i was given the opportunity we got 10 minutes if i was given the opportunity to do this again i told i told hunter i said if i could see the end goal and I could see all the work that needs to be done versus me just getting my college degree and seeing what my life could be could have been working alongside some of my peers that I went to high school with. I don't know if I would have chosen this same path. You know, I, I really don't know. And I said that I also reminded well, not reminded, him, but I also brought it up like the fact that I could even meet some of these people that I've met throughout my lifetime in this sport because of this sport makes it somewhat worth it but at the same time like all the work and sacrifice in terms of not living a normal life um, um, always feeling like there's potentially someone trying to get one over on you uh, the injuries the surgeries the sacrifices missing out on holiday events missing out on things that are important to most people but that you have to give up because you have to train for something there's a lot more that, that you give up and it's a trade-off I mean, you get to fight, train really, really hard for two, three months, and then you have maybe one to three months off to kind of just live life. I mean, that's a big trade-off. So there's rewards and um, benefits versus, and versus some cons that, that come with this territory, you know. But I'm fortunate, I'm blessed, because I'm one of the few that actually made it to the pinnacle of this sport. And I don't think a lot of people realize that like to get to the pinnacle of anything in life, it's extremely hard and takes a lot of sacrifice. Like... You give something up and you have to lose something to get what you want. There, there's no, there's nothing worth having without some type of sacrifice. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. And you're young, yeah. man. You're 21. So you, you're, I think you're probably learning, like even when it comes to like sleep, for you to do great work and to get stuff done on certain, like a certain time schedule to help build something that you're trying to build, it takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes energy more so than it would have taken if you just, you know, I'm just going to get up, go to work, punch the clock, come back home, chill, maybe go to a happy hour and just hang out with my friends, create memories. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different type yeah. of lifestyle, you know? Yeah. I mean, even I just I learned a lot about that just by kind of watching you in these last two title fights, just what it takes to actually just be great at something in general. And there's people who like just to be great at anything, you have to work super hard and yeah, like sacrifice and think long term. You can't just like expect something great to happen overnight so but yeah seeing 1, i'm getting like a first first class lesson in that just watching you and like marab and all you guys just punch in the clock day in and day out it's a lot man it's a lot of time a lot of again i can't stress the word sacrifice enough and i think people think ah, oh, i sacrifice stuff it's like you think you do i'm not saying this for everyone but you think you do until you actually look back and like wow where has the time gone? And look at all the things I had to have given up just to get here. And sometimes you're not even guaranteed to get here. You know, this is a yeah. a pipe dream to, to get to this type of position. So again, I, I'm definitely blessed and fortunate. I'm happy where I'm at. Um, I don't take it for granted. And uh, hopefully the good times keep rolling in. I do know that song would eventually stop and I'm eventually going to lose if I stick around long enough. 
And while I'm here, I want to make sure, and this is just being brutally honest, I just want to make sure I can collect as much as I can while I have the pay-per-view points and all these other things and people care and they want to hang out with me, they give a shit about me right now. Um, and I'm just trying to get all the things I could get that come with this limelight while I can because one day it will be taken away and someone else will run with the torch, if that makes sense, you know? So um, yeah. that's, that's the best way I can rationalize it. Like losing is part of life. It's how you handle it and where you go from from after that. So uh, I'm excited to see where the future takes us and just let the good times keep coming in, man. That's all I can say. Just keep doing what we're doing. Facts. I know we got like five minutes. Let me check. We have five minutes, five minutes, 30. So let's, uh, I did want to talk about this thing real quick, this Artem Lobov thing. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that, with him and Connor. I find that like super interesting that these two guys that were super best friends and super tight and training partners, how it got from that to where it is now. I don't know how much you followed it, but apparently Artem Lobov is suing Connor for a couple M's for the proper 12 work. It's like room spirit. he's he's suing Connor for 5% of whatever the sale was of his proper 12 stake or stock. Yeah. Um, that's all I know. I mean, that was the headline. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely interesting. It kind of I wonder if there's more going on behind the scenes that led to this, where someone maybe feels slighted. I don't know. What do you think? It has to. I mean, I don't know what what uh, Artem's hand in this whole thing was in terms of how much work he actually did, how much he should feel entitled to, or how much he actually is entitled to. I've met Artem. He seemed like a pretty genuine down-to-earth dude. That's why I just don't really understand. I'm like, me, just based on that interaction that I had when I went to the country of Ireland, I hung out there for four days, and I got to hang out with him, I just don't feel like he would be that guy that would just do someone wrong. So I kind of, that makes me feel like I'm more on the side of Artem. But at the same time, there has to be something. Like, Connor seems like a generous guy himself. So it goes, I look at him like, well... There has to be something else here that I'm missing or the fan bases are missing that we have to ask ourselves, well, is Connor right for not paying him? Or is this something that's just maybe that brewed over from something else that happened between the two of them? Because it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, how did you guys get here? I really don't understand it like whatsoever. <clears throat> and it's unfortunate because I like I liked those guys together as friends, you know? Yeah, it's... I mean, I don't. I would nice have to. Nice and flowy, Artem. Nice and flowy. <laughs> I I feel like Artem suing Connor. You could look at it two ways. It's either he just got fed up with Connor for one reason or another and was like, "Enough is enough," or he just felt selfish, or maybe saw what Con how Connor's life was and just wanted some of it. I don't know. It's weird. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't see myself doing anything like that, but I also don't have any friends who are worth a hundred bajillion dollars and didn't cut me off anything. So, especially if you worked for it, I don't yeah. know if he worked for it. Maybe he made the connections for Connor, and did like the legwork while Connor was training or something, and maybe he could be. And if he did that, he should be entitled to something. Like even the guys that I have trying to help me now, I'm like, dude, you let me know the terms of what you want for trying to connect the dots. And we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Like, I'm not a selfish guy. Like, I'd rather take 50 or 60% of something versus not have 100% of nothing. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, 
um, we, what we call a, a lot of hands make lighter loads. So the more hands on deck, usually, obviously you don't want too many hands on deck, but um, the more people that are helping usually makes the jobs a lot easier. It's kind of like how we say you delegate something to someone and then this job to somebody else. And this way it just makes it easier to kind of navigate the waters a bit. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation. And it's shitty because, again, I don't want to bash either guy, but I'm just like, Colin, if you owe this man money, just pay the guy the money and just be done with it. It's like, that's how I would handle it. But I can understand yeah. it's almost like a divorce. It's almost like a bad divorce. It it sucks. It sucks that it's like happening publicly. It sucks. It's probably going to ruin a friendship. <clears throat> ruined already. Yeah. <laughs> like, already it's ruined. probably done for good, you know, so. That's just, I would, it sucks to see stuff like that happen to people who like are so beloved and you think yeah. so highly of like, damn, it can happen to anyone. Did you see any of those clips he's, he's been doing on like the Twitter spaces? The voice, Some the voices. Oh my I, goodness. Hilarious. Is, hilarious. I, I, I mean, he's been doing these types of voice notes and shit. <laughs> Wait, he's just, just giggling. I just wonder, is that him like? in a new persona or is he just fucked up like when he like all the time where he's just acting weird like with these weird voices and like like a little gremlin like <laughs> a little drunk leprechaun well for me i feel like it's something that he's been doing for a while i feel like we had like glimpses of it earlier when he's like on his way up a little bit and uh you see little shades of his his type of humor and uh i'm i'm here for it because that's something like my family and I would do when we were younger. We'll make these crazy, silly voices, but we got it because it was something that we did. So it's just like you, yeah. something funny would happen, and you'll make fun of the person, your brother, your sister, and you'll do this voices and like oh, you were like like yeah, you you little rat, oh you snitched on me, and we'll do stuff like that. So when he does that, it resonates with me so much. I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm living my childhood all over again. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I know it might be weird to some people, but yeah, that's how I grew up. So I just find it hilarious. So that's that's how I yeah. see it. It's like if you made the same jokes with the Irish accent that you make today, it would just be way funnier. Yeah. Just because it sounds funny. All right. So we got the UFC Orlando fight card coming up. Steven Wonderboy Thompson taking on Kevin Holland in a big main event matchup. I think this is going to be a great fight. It's almost like the passing of the torch, in my opinion. Yes, Kevin Holland just lost recently really, really quickly against one of the best wrestlers in MMA right now, um, Hamza Chemaev. So I don't think he loses any stock for taking a fight like that on a day's notice. Um, there's only one other person I know that's taking a legendary matchup like that, and that was Ally Quinta, who went the distance with one of the arguably greatest lightweights of all time in Khabib Nurmagomedov, right? So this is a good, interesting matchup. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for Kevin Holland to cement his name in the 170-pound division with a very winnable fight. Um, all fights are winnable. So let me not, I hate when, I, when people say stuff like that because then I should know that the, anything can happen in a sport. But people like to think there's no way this guy can win. But this matchup, I think, is very evenly matched. And I do think Kevin Holland is the younger, fresher fighter and more durable at this point in their careers. Um, Wonderboy, he can strike his ass off. But I, for me, I feel like Holland knows if he touches Wonderboy and lands a clean shot on the chin, he could probably end the fight. That's that's the way I'm kind of seeing this one. Yeah. I also think he has a, a couple more tools in the toolbox. And I think usually those guys win. I mean, if he just... I'm talking about Kevin Holland. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. Wonderboy is 39. Yeah. He's, he's older. 
He's a little more one-dimensional. I mean, I think if if Kevin Holland wants to make it a stand-up fight, then it's a little more like even. But if Kevin Holland wants to use some of his other tools, I think it's he'll be able to get the win. I think he'll get the win either way. I'm I'm going with Kevin. And I'm friends with both these guys. Um, I feel like the better striker overall is Wonderboy. I just don't know yeah. if he has the durability in this point of his career. If you look at his last two losses, it was to Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns, and they both went to a decision. So I think even just looking at that, I think that says a lot that he can still strike with the best guys, and those guys use grappling to beat him for the most part. He's got that dangerous wheel kick that he throws, but Kevin Holland is a lot taller than both those guys that he fought. And I think that's what's going to make it very, very interesting because of the reach that he's going to have on Wonderboy and mm-hmm. uh, the height. Yeah. Though, I mean, those guys beat him by just, I mean, Bilal just held him against the fence basically for three rounds. And almost the same exact thing for Gilbert Burns. It's basically kind of exposed, I feel like, at this point. If you just hold Wonderboy down. There's not much he can do unless he's gotten better at that since his last fight. It's just easier said than done. And Kevin Holland's got a six, uh, he's got a six inch reach advantage on Wonderboy coming into this 75 versus 86, 81. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Gilbert Burns and Bilal. I don't know if Kevin's as good of a grappler as they are, but. I would have loved to have seen Wonderboy fight Usman when he was a little bit younger because the way he beat. Jorge Masvidal, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that fight, but man, it was so one-sided in terms of in terms of the striking, the distance management, the distance control, uh-huh. using the the utilization of his footwork and that side kick that he hit. And he kicked Jorge off of his feet, I think, two different times. Yeah. Like imagine running in and you get hit with a javelin to the gut and you're just like poof. And you just I, fall yeah. off. Fall over. Yeah. Crazy. I, I did actually I've watched that fight before. It was a just completely outclassing. So that's like that's my thing. If you just stand with Wonderboy, I feel like he's just such, such a wizard on the feet. But I feel like guys know now that if they have grappling in the tank, that they can kind of resort to that, which is obviously, like you said, easier said than done. But I feel like Kevin Holland could kind of lean into that if like he because I think they did a podcast together and they talked. They were they were saying, oh, we're going to make this a great stand up fight. But I feel like if it Holland gets, and Wonderboy, I, I heard this. I, I don't I didn't see the podcast. I heard someone else talk about it, but okay. So I might be wrong, but um, like if they, I feel like if they, let's say they they both go into a thing and we're gonna make it a stand up fight, then I'm leaning towards Wonder Boy. But yeah. if but if Wonder Boy starts to get his shit off, and Kevin Holland has other tools that he wants to use, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna get this win." I think that's a easy, like not an easy route for him to take, but it's there, you know. I, I, but the other part of me is like, man, that six-inch reach advantage could be a huge game-changer if he just utilizes that jab. Uh, I could see him touching up Wonderboy from the outside, but then he has to close the distance, which puts him in range to get kicked, and Wonderboy just does a great job. Kevin Holland's not like a pressure fighter. He kind of plots, but he closes the distance, and he looks to touch touch you up and maybe land some combinations. So it's, it's I don't know. It's hard for me to go against Wonderboy because I know how good he is standing up. But at the same time, Kevin Holland's not a wrestler. So it's like, how does he get the... Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, how does Holland get the fight to the ground? I really don't know. Yeah. I don't... I so, mean, he could try to wrestle. He could try. 
But I don't know if he's. I'm pretty sure I mean, he's been is he working on that. better than Gilbert that. Burns with grappling? Is he better than no. Bilal Muhammad with grappling? I don't know. This is going to be. This is actually more interesting than I thought. Yeah. Because what if, if he can lend that punch? What if he tries I think to that's grapple? A game if he tries to grapple and it doesn't work, and now you're just stuck standing again, then it's really then it's really interesting actually. Because yeah. even with the reach advantage, I still feel like Wonderboy is definitely like the more masterful striker. Oh, so 100%. It's like maybe that kind of... Maybe the reach advantage closed that gap a little, but I still feel like Wonderboy could get his shit off if they just kept it standing, you know? But then the other side of that is if Holland decides to make it somewhat of a brawl, if he can just touch Wonderboy one time on the chin, I think that is the key to victory. It almost reminds me of Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo. I felt like Aldo was the better technician when it came to the striking with the boxing. Um, but then when Aldo was starting to pull away with the strike count and he started to slow down just a little bit, Holloway bit down on his mouthpiece and just said, you know what, let's just go after this guy and sit in the pocket and trade. And when he did that, that's when he was able to find that one-two shot, one-two, one-two, and clip Aldo and put him down both times when they fought. You know, so I'm kind of looking mm-hmm. at it like that. It's like, well, if I know I'm more durable, I can take more punishment than you can. So how about I just sit here and we swing him up and see what happens? And I think that's the path to victory. But the problem is getting in close enough to where you could do that. Um, we seen him get caught against the cage when he was pressing guys forward uh, for Wonder Boy. And then he got hit with that Superman punch. It was like a Superman hook. It wasn't even like a traditional Superman punch. It was like a Superman punch hook that uh, Anthony Pettis threw and knocked him out. But he was dominating the fight the entire time. So that's okay. where I'm just like, man, this is actually a very interesting fight. Um, now that we're actually talking about it, I yeah. really don't know which way this is going to go. Like, yeah. geez. Wow. Um, I mean, unless Holland tries to do some weird shit, like just take his legs out or something. But... Or like something we're not thinking of, but I yeah now the more I think about it, the more I feel like Wonder Boy could actually get a win. And then what happens? Yeah, holy crap! Yeah, thirty nine years old, back in the mix. If he beats Kevin Holland, that's huge for him. Um, I'm just hoping Kevin Holland's training for real and uh, take like brought in some guys that can give him those looks, you know? Because you're not gonna get that from the average taekwondo kickboxing karate guy like it's not easy man like that's a difficult style to fight especially if you're primarily a striker and you're more like i'm gonna hit you with a one two or a big shot down the down the middle that's more of kevin holland's game i don't really see kevin holland throwing like leg kicks he doesn't really throw like head kicks i don't really see him throwing stuff like that he might throw a front kick here and there um but when you look at his game it's primarily like the jab like even when uh uh he fought joaquin buckley what he say? you got a booger you got a booger in your nose, and then he throws a combination down right down the middle and catches him and knocks him out, knocks the mouthpiece out of his mouth. And I'm just like, bro. So with that being said, I feel like he needs to have Wonder Boy as a sitting target. And I just don't know if Kevin Holland's gonna be able to convince or trick or corral Wonder Boy into doing that long enough where he can land that shot without getting tired over the course of five rounds. This huh. is a very interesting fight now that we're actually talking about it. I'm like, wow, this is actually more competitive yeah. than I thought it was gonna be. And I, I mean, I know you're talking about Wonder Boy's chin. Obviously, he's old, but like we haven't really seen his chin like super weak, have we? Mm, I mean, I feel like, like that Superman punch that he got hit with that knocked him out. I feel like he should have been able to take that punch. I feel like that. 
okay. at the same time, he got he was pushing off the cage. He was coming forward. It's a car crash collision, that type of impact. And it was one of those punches you don't see. The ones you don't see are you, the ones that usually knock you out. Yeah. Um. So other than that, I mean, who else has actually finished Wonder Boy? Now that I think about it, I don't know. Anthony Pettis, Darren Till, unanimous decision. Tyron Willie. Yeah, he hasn't really had. Um, but I do feel like when he when he gets hit, I think this is what I'm looking at. I think when he gets hit, he gets buzz or a little. There's there's not a right term to describe this. When someone gets hit, it looks like their eyes roll back in the back of the head. It looks like their durability just like not all the way there, or their knees buckle. Um, and I think that's what happened in the Gilbert fight. He would get cracked and get taken down. Um, and it wasn't most so. It wasn't mostly a striking fight. And I could be completely wrong. I could be just making this shit up in my head and be like, yeah, I think his chin's gone. So. Don't mind me. I have to go back and watch these fights now because I'm like, dude, what if his chin is better than what I thought it was? Yeah. I, I I don't know. I feel like it's not like like Dom, his chin, you knew going into that fight if, if Cheeto touched him once, there was yeah. evidence that his chin was not there already from previous fights. And you literally predicted that to a T. But like Wonder Boy, there's really no like evidence of that. It's just like he's 39. He's been in a ton of kickboxing fights and and wars in in the ufc so it's like he's got to have some kind of worn down chin but there's no real like evidence for it yeah maybe i'm over over exaggerating it a bit but i do remember that one clinch situation that they he was in with gilbert burns and they were almost in like a 50 50 and they were just punching each other in the face i was like this is actually hilarious to watch right now (laughs) yeah um yeah i think this is gonna be a very interesting matchup now that i'm thinking about it i can see honestly if kevin holland's not on his a game figuring out ways to corral and corner um, Wonder Boy into one of his long rangey punches. I can see Wonder Boy just outpointing him, sitting on the outside, floating like a butterfly, singing like a bee, and just touching him up and getting out of there, and maybe landing one of those highlight reel kicks that he seems to get every single time. It's either a wheel kick or a head kick, um, or that side kick. I could see the side kick being util- utilized a lot in this matchup. I dude, that would be sick to see. Like, I don't have a favorite, but it would be sick to see Wonder Boy like do his thing live, you know? Yeah. Or like not in, I've, I, I've seen it mostly in highlights. I'd love to watch it Friday night happen, you know? The, yeah. This is one of the tough things for me. Like no, when you know both guys, you yeah. know both guys to win. And I'm just like, dude, I, I hate when I have to like predict or think someone's going to win or lose. Cause it's just a tough man. Cause then I don't want nobody being mad. Like I'm, I'm not saying like this person's going to definitely win, but I'm giving the tools. Like if I were fighting this person, this is what I would do or what I'm seeing. And I feel like for Holland, based on the skill set, I would take my chances on trying to close the distance and playing the durability game. That's what I would try to do. I, I feel like that would be his best way of getting inside, landing a big shot, and maybe even getting a point where he could lock up uh, Wonder Boy, maybe get a body lock and take him down. And that, that could possibly pose a way for him to get a takedown in this fight because he ain't going to shoot and get a regular takedown, like a, reg, a traditional wrestling-style takedown. Uh, so it's it's very intriguing, to say the least. And yeah. Holland's an interesting guy. I, like, um, when I talked to him in person, he's just he's a character, man. And mm-hmm. he was watching us wrestle, and he was like, yeah, that looked cool. That looked cool. That looked like a nice move. He's like, <laughs> how you do that? How you do that? He's like, wow, all right, no, nah, like, I'm just going to watch. And he's like, yeah, I'm just like, yo, bro. <laughs> he's, he's just a funny in- individual, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Playful, funny, um, and I'm just like, dude, I, it's just hilarious to see, like, this is how he thinks. It's just funny. He's like, yo, he's such a character. 
Yeah, he's. If he had a camera on him all the time, it would be like must see TV. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I don't know. I I don't know which way I'm going with that one. I I'm I'm now leaning towards Thompson. If it goes to a decision, I think Thompson. If it goes to a finish, I think Holland. I would. I'll agree with you there. I hope it's. I don't have a. I don't care who wins. I just hope it's a good fight where both of them get to like show what they're made of. You know. Yeah. And like put on a good display. If if I w- I hope it's like a a a full fight like three rounds and Wonder Boy gets his stuff off, Kevin gets his stuff off, and like both guys can kind of move forward better. Five rounds. It's a five rounds. Main event, bro. Oh, shit. Oh, that's even more interesting. Yeah, same thing applies. I just hope. Even if Wonderboy loses, I hope it's like a sick performance. Next up, we got Rafael Dos Anjos taking on Brian Barberina. I think this is going to be a hell of a co-main event. I wish it was five rounds. Oh, yeah, it's three fives. I wish it was five, though, man. Um, Both of these guys, Barberina is must-watch TV, in my opinion. He just always brings a fight. He just comes forward. He has nasty elbows. That fight he had with Matt Brown was insanity. Mm-hmm. And Dos Anjos, obviously a former champion at 155, interim champion at 170, fought the who's who's of both divisions. Um, and Barbarina's on a three-fight win streak, man. Robbie Lola, Matt Brown, and Darion Weeks. In the Matt Brown fight, was a split decision. I thought Matt Brown was going to get the nod. Um, I didn't care who won. I thought it was just that close of a fight. Uh, but he came out on top. Yeah. I feel like Barbarina's like on fire lately. I've seen like two of his fights live. He's like yeah. a sick guy to watch. Who did he just fight? Um, Robbie Lawler, right? R- Robbie Lawler, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good finish for him. Dos Anjos on the other side just came off. He's coming off of a knockout, a left hook loss to Rafael Fazeev in the fifth round. I, I kind of gave the ref a little shit. Not shit, um, but I was like, I feel like it was stopped a little early, but I couldn't see the other side to see how he was like his eyes and all that. And even from the camera, I thought it could have gone a little bit longer. But then even Raphael was kind of like, nah, he thanked the ref for like stopping the fight. Because I guess you, you, what you think you know, based on what you see on the outside, isn't what the person always feels on the inside. Mm-hmm. So for Raphael to say that, I think what he, what he was feeling, based on what we saw as fans, was way different that we couldn't really comprehend and go, nah, you could have gone a little bit more. We think that he could have taken a little bit more and to try to stay in the fight. Well, when the guy's like, nah, I'm good with that. Then that I think that tells us like yeah this is something that you don't always know um, because you're not the one that's feeling what's actually happening if that makes sense. The, the, we get in those debates a lot with like the refs ending the fights early. It's, so if the fighter comes out and like gives their take on it, then it kind of settles the debate. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of like even my thing with Piotr Jan. People saying like you could have continued when the argument wasn't. Could I have continued? It's, was I given more time to continue? It's, is it smart for me to continue? And why is it my decision to, to make if I should continue based on an intentional and blatant foul? Even if it wasn't because he, he thought I was up or because his coaches said it. Uh, he intentionally did it after his coaches, one of his coaches told him he could do it. And he asked if he could do it. Even the ref told him that, no, he's a down opponent. He still threw it anyway. That's as intentional as it gets, you know? But then you have the fans, some of them, that are saying, oh, you could have. I've seen people take this. And I'm like, yo, not all strikes are the same and affect people the same. Our brains and the way our bodies are wired are not all the exact same, you know? So what someone else was able to take might have hit them a little bit differently where they would react a little bit differently. And when you're exhausted and you're fatigued, 
and you're starving and you get hit with a shot you didn't see come from nowhere. Like they, we don't have a, a rubric on to say this is how someone should react based on what we've seen before based on this circumstance. There is nothing like that. Again, to see Raphael get knocked out like that and to think like, oh, he could have continued and a lot of people were kind of up in arms about it. And then he goes and say, no, nah, dude, I was hurt. And no one was going, oh, you're an actor. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's just a weird thing that like people can try to tell you how you felt when mm-hmm. they're not the one that is actually, that's actually experiencing what's going on with their brain cells at the moment and their body. Like, we're in tune with how we're feeling. Like, um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a whole nother thing. But this, I think it's going to be a great fight, man. I, I think Barbarina might be... It might be Barbarina time. Bam, bam. It might yeah. be his time to come out there and, and have a coming out party. At 38 years old for RDA. How old is uh, I think, uh, Barbarina? 33. Yeah, so if he gets... This would be like a huge win for him in terms of like getting closer to a title or getting higher up in the rankings. 100%. He beats a guy like this, former challenger. He's right there in that conversation. Maybe one or two wins away from entering that top five, I would say. It will get in a top five matchup. Yeah. Um, so this is a very pivotal matchup for both guys passing up the guard. And can Barbarina enter that division, that upper echelon of the welterweight division, and potentially realize a, a dream or a goal that not many people are able to do in the sport? It's super hard to get a title shot. It's super hard to win the belt. And it's extremely hard to retain the belt after winning it. So in that order, can you get to the title shot opportunity? Can you win the belt? So is, this is a big, big opportunity and big fight for Brian Barbarina. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he's going to win, Brian. I think it's his yep. time. Yeah. I wonder if, if Dos Anjos is going to try to implement his grappling. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that he is. He's a black belt, and he still does the gi, which I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't do the gi almost at all anymore because I think for MMA, you should be focusing on no gi. You should be grappling with no shirt to give yourself a realistic look of what it's going to feel like when you're actually in the fight, sweating, falling off the top. Um, no friction from the shirt to keep extra contact or extra grip. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that actually helps him or. or I've heard not. that too. Like, why do the gi if you're not gonna fight with the gi? Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm I'm going I'm going with Barbarina on this yeah. one. I like Bambam. I think he's a freaking stud. These are like both great matchups because like whoever there's serious consequences for both guys. Whoever wins, like a loss for RDAs, yeah, like career altering consequences. Yeah, so 100%. It's, it's exciting if you're like really paying attention. Um, the next one we got is Ty Tuivasa versus Sergey Pavlovich. Now we're not we're not gonna go through all these fights. Um, I just wanted to touch base on a couple of these ones. Like this is obviously a fun fight. The Jack Hermanson Roman Deledze, um, another Georgian fighter. He's eleven and one, just coming off. I think he's won three in a row now, all by finishes, man. Uh, no, the the one against Strava Polo was a decision, but he just beat Phil Halls with the hooks, tore his knee with that leg lock attack, and then the other one he knocked out um, Kyle Dawkins in in the clinch. So he's coming into his own, becoming a vicious striker and a scary guy on the ground, uh, and not afraid to go forward. And he brings that Georgian power, man. There's like so many of these fights. Like I don't even know. Like Jack Manson was supposed to fight somebody else, wasn't he? Um. Yeah, but the guy pulled out. Brunson. Yeah, or for whatever reason. Oh, that would have been a good fight. Yeah, so this is a big opportunity, man. Yeah, wow. And Roman's like savaging people right now. Exactly. Yeah, he's like a scary dude. 
So, so Roman wins this, man. I think that would put him in the top 10 of this division. It's like fast track. Wasn't Real fast track. Like, wasn't he at like 205 and he was he won two fights and then he went down and he's on a, he's he won another fight or two. I think he won he his last fight was his first fight at middleweight and he won. Yeah, he won two fights at at 205. Then he lost to Trevin Giles, Giles, and then he's now on a three-fight winning streak. Dang. So he's on a run right now, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not sure which way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which way that's going to go. But I'm leaning towards Roman. I I think he has. he's just as good in the grappling. And then on terms of the striking, I think his striking is better than Jack Hermanson. But I do feel like Jack is a big dude for 185. Um, is Roman as big as Jack Hermanson? I don't know. But I, I like the grappling more for... Deledze. Mm-hmm. Deledze. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Roman was, even if Jack's big, like, Roman was beating guys at 205. 205, so. yeah. So so that shouldn't be too much of a problem. I mean, yeah. Um, we got your boy Eric Anders taking on Kyle Dawkins. Philip Rowe taking on Nico Price. Angela Hill's on this card. One of the most active uh, strawweights out there taking on Emily Ducate. Clay Guida's back taking on Scott Holtzman. I thought Scott Holtzman was cut. He hasn't fought in a while. He lost two in a row to Gamra and Darius. Wow. What a killer's role for him to fight. Uh, yeah. Uh, they didn't do him any favors. Michael Johnson. There's 15 fights on this card, guys. There's a lot of fights. Johnson's taking on Mark Diacase. Darren Elkins. Jonathan Pierce. Like, I'm a fight fan, so I know, like, I'm looking forward to so many of these matchups. Like, there's a lot of good matchups on this card. Tracy Cortez um, misses Ortega, I should say. Wait, she's Mrs. fighting? Cor- oh, I didn't even she's know. fighting Amanda Hibas. Oh, And dang. she won her last, yeah. She's undefeated in the UFC right now, man. She's on fire, Ooh. and she's like a star. One, two, three, four. Four-fight winning streak right now. She wins this. This is pivotal for her. She beats Amanda Hibas. She's now in the title shot conversation. Hundred yeah. percent. You can't deny her after a win over Amanda Hibas. Yeah, this this my buddy's going to this card. It's this is a sick card actually. I wanted to go, but I got that appearance in Dallas, so I'm gonna be doing that. You can um, send me. I can go get content. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who else we got? We got Natan Levy versus Gennaro Valdez. Who um, Gennaro Valdez is the guy that um, Matt Favola also sent um to the netherlands one of the guys uh, one of the guys um natan levy this is a good matchup i'm hoping natan gets back to what makes him da- dangerous which is his kicks and his grappling he goes out there and does that i think this should be a fairly i don't want to say one-sided but could be a one-sided win for him if he goes out there and fights smart and not make it into a stand-up brawl um mm-hmm. marcelo rojo's fighting i think he's teammates with uh valdez and the make the, the opener is Yasmin. I can't even say her name. Versus Nunez. I don't know who they are to be honest. Mm. But the Yasmin goes undefeated. So it could be that's where we're at. Things. Yeah, we got 15 minutes, so let's get a couple of the fan questions. All right, um, I got some rocking and rolling. All right, first, my brother Zach asked you, how long do you expect to compete? In MMA? What's what's his at name? It's uh at Zach Fine O two. I'll put the questions on the screen when I edit. All right, cool. Um, how long do I plan to compete in MMA? Okay, so I don't know how much longer I plan to compete. Um, 
again, I just want to make as much money as possible. And if I'm not getting too banged up, I even spoke to Hunter about going to 145. Uh, I know there's been talks about Marab trying to go down to 125, maybe doing a test cut to see if he could jump in there to get a title shot as well. Yeah, I know they're not happy about that because they want to. They don't want no one to come into the 125 pound division and just create a stranglehold and keep the belt, which I think Marab would easily do because of his style is just that good. Yeah. Um, it'd be a grappling like he would just run through everybody. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. Like when Khabib did it, it was okay. It's like why can't we do it? Like what's the what's the issue with us doing that to other people? You know what I mean? Do yeah. we have to be Dagestanis? I mean Georgia is right next door. Why can't we just do what we do, man? I just wonder like does Georgia not champion MMA as much? I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's the Muslim thing, because Khabib doing it Abu Dhabi. the whole Muslim community. All the Jordan, sheiks. Rob's not religious. He doesn't have that. Like he has the whole nation of Georgia on his back. But he's religious. He's not like. But he's not like a diehard. He like by the book, champion it. How? Yeah, champion. yeah, yeah. Um, but I he's a Christian. I mean, um, yeah, I, I think Rob would go down and tear it up. But his his weight cut to thirty five to twenty five would be like me cutting down to twenty to uh, thirty five. It mm-hmm. and. I don't wish that on anybody. Like when I'm, I do it. People say you look good. I'm like, dude, I am like on my freaking deathbed. It, it feels like I'm knocking on death's door every single time. And I know people are gonna say, why don't you just go up? I'm like, I'm just not big enough for the weight class. Um, also, as much pe- as I would like. People say like they try to like take, they try to like discredit you for because I I just posted this clip of your weight cut on TikTok and it's getting a ton of comments and people are always asking like, why don't you just go up a weight or why don't you stop weight bullying? It's like. Yo, if you can make the weight, that's the it's only the criteria. He's making the weight. Like, yeah. That he's making size. the lowest <laughs> possible weight that he can make. So is Sean O'Malley, who's taller. Like, yeah. it's like, so it's just, and I'm, if he couldn't I'm make the fighting, weight. I'm not fighting at a heavier weight than these guys when we step in the octagon. I get to 150 at the most, 154. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. guys who are coming right. in heavier, like 20 pounds heavier. I'm like, um, and they're heavier than I am. So what's the issue? And you're you know not I mean? cheating to make the weight. You're not drawing blood. You're not using an IV after. It's like you're following the rules of the game and yeah. you're succeeding. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I said 30, 32. Now I'm saying 35. I'm 33 now. Maybe 36. I'm, I'm just taking it day by day, year by year, how I'm feeling, how I'm looking in the fights in terms of my reaction time and all that. And uh, I just don't want to go on a bad run and have to, like, deal with all these crazy losses and then realize, like, hey, man, it's probably time to find the door and get your ass out of here. Mm-hmm. You had a good run. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Father Time is here for you. you know, so that's, that's my answer for that. Okay. Next one, Charlie Quinn MMA asked, who's your uh, dream matchup at 145 if and when you move up? <sighs> dream matchup at 145? Um I think Volkanovski, man. I mean, he's the guy right now, right? So it's like, if I'm going to go up to 145, give me the guy. Give me the guy that people think is unbeatable. I would fight that guy and show like, yo, there are, there are levels to skill sets and styles make fights. I'm not saying I'm going to go up there and definitely win. I'm going up a weight class. I'm, he's probably cutting just as much weight as I am to 145, even though he's short and stocky. Um, uh, but I think I'll have some advantages. Speed. I think I'll have the grappling advantage. He's going to obviously have the power. It, it just would be a fun fight. It's different problems that I would have to figure out. And it'll be the same thing for him because 
He's not dealing with a guy who's just good at grappling like Ortega. He's dealing with a guy who can actually wrestle and take him down. You know, that's a different type of matchup. Yeah. And then for you, it's like you're dealing with a guy who's kind of your size in mm-hmm. terms of like length. It's like some of the advantages you have at 135, you forego those for other advantages at 145. So it just kind of presents a whole different yeah. matchup. It's All a right, different interesting, game. Interesting answer. Um, next one is, what's your opinion on the Glover to share situation? Uh, I think the Glover to share situation is cool. Um, it sucks for Glover, of course, but they, if Glover doesn't want to step up and take the short notice opportunity, that's on him. Because sometimes you just never know. That's what the game is all about, man. When opportunity knocks at your door, are you going to take it or not? I mean, he's what, what, 43, 44, mm-hmm. whatever he is, he's, he's old. So for him to say, you know what, I want a full camp to prepare, I don't blame him. But at the same time, he can't be mad if that opportunity never comes again. Because who's to say he's going to get another contender matchup? Or who's to say he doesn't get leapfrogged by somebody else who comes in and has a great performance because he didn't compete, you know? Um, I always say, like, a bird in hand is always better than, a, than, the, than two or three birds in a bush mm-hmm. because it's there. Um, you could take your chances. That's what life's about. It's, like t- it's about taking chances, and Glover's going to take his chance, roll the dice, and see what happens. Um, but he's at an opportunity, at, at a point in his career where that window is closing slowly but surely. So um, right. I feel bad for him, but at the end of the day, he was presented a chance. He decided not to take it. And I can't say if that's right or wrong. Um, it's a completely different style matchup, a different problem. And I know what it's like to take a short notice fight that you really have not prepared for. And you don't want to overlook the guy and end up getting knocked out the way I did. Um, so yeah. that's, that's how I answer that. Rage Trip on Twitter asked, if you could fight any fighter from any organization, present or past, who would it be and why, assuming they're in their prime? And then I have a follow-up question for this, but go ahead. Would I fight? Who would I fight? From any, who, any, any fighter from the past or present or in a different organization in their prime? I think Kid Yamamoto, I think that would be a fun fight to fight. That guy, um, a fun guy to fight. He, his savagery over there in Japan was just ruthless, man. That guy, there was, I think there's a video clip of him punching somebody out, him sticking out his tongue. The ref's trying to pull him off of him, and he just keeps punching this guy in the face. Just like, he's just a, he was a mean guy. Like, to fight a guy like that would have been scary, but it would have been exciting at the same time. Like, dude, I'm not trying to get highlighted. But I want to beat this guy's ass, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Super, he was, a, I would say, one of the Japanese pioneers over there. Okay. I was, I was thinking you might have said Mighty Mouse. So my question after that would have been like, Mighty Mouse thinks he could beat you. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. And I, actually, my friends were debating this with me the other day. Like, Prime Mighty Mouse could beat Prime Aljo. And I was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I was arguing with them on your behalf, but they, they, I want to see what you think. Well, Mighty Mouse also fought Dominic Cruz when Dominic Cruz was in his prime. and He got German suplex like four times in that fight. And uh, that was pretty much prime Mighty Mouse when he was on that run, like right in the middle of it, you know, um, when the UFC had just um, took and submerged themselves with uh, or acquired uh, the WEC. So when I look at it like that, I'm like, I, I don't. I find it really hard to believe that I can see that fight going any differently because I take him down. I think that's a different story, especially him back then when he's younger. Uh, I don't think his grappling is as good and as experienced as it is now. 
versus back then. And I think you you match that up with me right now. I think um, I like to think I run away with that just based on the size. And uh, you, you're talking about two guys who don't really get hit. Mighty Mouse takes risks and puts himself in positions where he could get exploited. Him being a smaller guy, he's fast, explosive, so he's willing to take that risk. But I think my grappling is like the it's like the, what they say about power, the ultimate equalizer. My grappling is the ultimate equalizer. From like if you get taken down by me, the the round is pretty much over, or you're getting finished. <laughs> it's literally one or the other. There's yeah. very few people who s- survived and live to talk about it another day <laughs> um how about if you guys were both like you got two minutes so you, we could probably take a different one okay okay i i didn't have any others actually um no all right i i got one I had, good one okay i had four so you had four that was it yeah um um matt tariff matt r four twenty four. 24 uh he goes does it bother you that it seems the ufc it seems like the UFC is what it seems like they are trying to find someone to beat you, question mark. I think they you make a great champion. Keep it up. Um, I'm not going to say it bothers me, but I will say it is relatively annoying that, you know, a lot of other guys get their opportunity to have their red painting night. Like, I just want a red painting night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think they hooked me up with me being on that UFC 280. Um, so I will. I definitely appreciate that. I mean, I can't have it all. You know, I know that. So I got to be realistic. Um and I do know that they want to protect their guy that they think could, if he becomes a champion, he can make them a ton of money. So they're, they're looking out for themselves. So I do get that. Uh, with, with that being said, um, I got to look out for myself and try to win as much as I can and try to beat the best guys that I could beat because ultimately that's what creates a legacy and that's what creates longevity and fortune for the time being, you know. So that's the short answer with that. And with that said, we got little to like 30 seconds left. Um, so I just, I guess we just say thanks to the, to the viewers. So thank you guys for tuning in. I wish we could, I'm going to buy the upgraded version so we could do longer versions. So thank you guys for always tuning in. Don't forget to hit that like subscribe button and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Shout out to the weekly scraps media. Peace.